0: Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and this show is designed to help you build a values-driven business you're truly proud of, one that makes a difference in people's lives, including your own. So inside the hive we practice the ripple effect system, which is all about building your business out in layers so that you can gain true traction, make more money and feel less stressed. So the system, it starts with finding clients, then becoming more visible and building your list and finally, scaling with a course, a membership, a mastermind or some other large group program. My guest today is ready to scale. So her name is Jolia Payne, and she helps social impact leaders build thriving organizations that center community and deliver high-impact programming without burning themselves out. Now, Jolia finds that a lot of leaders in the nonprofit space, they don't really have the budget to invest in private coaching, plus they often feel a bit isolated. So a membership is the perfect solution to both of those problems. Let me walk you through the seven steps Jolia and I laid out to ensure that she builds a membership that's truly valuable rather than filled with a bunch of fluff. So step one, identify the core promise of the membership. Step two, pinpoint each milestone members will hit as they progress toward that promise. Step three, Outline the core content inside the membership, the stuff members need to learn in order to be successful. Step four, create a production schedule so nobody feels swamped at launch time. Step five, design your launch plan. Now, this is something we cover in great detail inside the Hive. So if a course or membership launch is in your future, make sure to apply to join us at dallastravers.com slash apply. All right, step six, clarify what, if any, additional support members might need in order to be successful and feel empowered inside of your membership. And step seven, set a launch date to make the plan feel real. So on top of setting her members up for success, we wanted to make sure that Jolia would be successful with her launch as well. And I think we accomplished both of those goals by the end of this episode. I hope you've got a pen and fresh paper handy to take some notes because this one is super juicy. With that, please enjoy. Enjoy. Jolia, you made it. (laughs) We did it. We did it. For our listeners, Jolia and I were just doing a little pre-recording check-in, and I had to thank her because most of the time the podcast guests volunteer, and I was kind of racking my brain thinking about who would I really like to have on the show? And of course, you're at the top of that list, so you are here under duress. Is that fair to say?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I totally get that I'm going to get lots of value out of this call, so
0: not complete the rest. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) All right. So I propose that we just dive right in. What do you want to walk away with from our conversation today? Sure. So, as you know, I am
1: launching my new membership in 2023, and I would just like to feel more confident about the structure and The offering. I know that I'm going to be offering something monthly to my members. I would like to be more clear about what that is. I mean, I have an idea in the framework of my pillars and my signature process, but I'm really trying to nail down and and hone in what it is exactly that I want to offer month to month in the membership so that I'll be clear on what I need to do, the work that I need to do to make it happen.
0: Yeah. Good. Got it. So we're going to talk about your membership. Before we can do that, let's fill our listeners in on who you serve and the work that you're doing in the world. So who is this membership for? Give us all the good stuff here.
1: Awesome. My dream clients are Black-led social impact organizations that, and I help them design and execute plans for programming without burning themselves out in short. Got it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but the membership is something that for you is more scalable Mm -hmm. and it helps with price accessibility because some of the organizations that need your work the most may not have the budget to work with you privately. Is that True. That's absolutely true. I'd had
1: several spark conversations and some discovery calls. And so it really started coming up during my discovery calls with folks that they really wanted to work with me. It wasn't a matter of them not knowing their worth or their value or anything, but they really could not afford my private coaching. And I've always known that I wanted to do a membership eventually. But but those conversations for me just highlighted, let me know that I maybe need to accelerate that process. So initially I was thinking, you know, privates, then groups, you know, there was a path
0: for me, but I don't think that's the right way for me. You know, I'm also thinking about some of the work that we did together on your content pillars. Mm -hmm. And one of the big themes for your clients is they're like carrying the load on their own Mm -hmm. and doing all of the flying solo. So it makes so much sense to me that a membership actually helps them avoid that pitfall of isolating themselves. So I think it's a really smart move. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things and I
1: call it out in my DCPS, my dream client power statement is without burning themselves out because that's a theme in nonprofit in a lot of industries, but it's certainly prevalent in nonprofit burnout. And then also a core value of mine, like yours, Dallas, is belonging in community Mm -hmm. and building community. And so the membership really allows me to do that help, like you said, help people not feel like they're alone on this journey. Like there are other folks on this journey experiencing the same challenges and also having some of the same wins. And so building community so folks can have some thought partnership and all the things and not feel like they're alone.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Or not feel like they're broken also because the things they're struggling with, they're going to just see reflected in their peers, which is Exactly. So important. Exactly. Okay. So I would love to share a little story about what I learned (laughs) through mistakes that I made when I had a membership in my former business serving actors. And from there, I have some ideas for some questions to ask you that I think will inform the structure and the framework for your membership. Does that sound okay? That sounds great because I would love to know what mistakes you made. (laughs) I'm a professional mistake maker, actually. (laughs) All right. So my last career, I was a business coach for actors. I had a membership. It was called the Thriving Artist Circle. And the membership was $24 a month. When folks left the membership, we asked them to complete a survey. They actually had to complete a one-question survey before canceling their membership. The question was, why are you leaving? And 100% of the time, what people said to me was a version of, I'm wasting money every month because I'm not, I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. So it was those two things, right? $24 a month, people are spending that, like Going to Target, in the checkout line at Target, they're like grabbing stuff worth 24 or more. Me, at least once a week. (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't actually that they couldn't afford it, even though that's often the words that they used. But they weren't experiencing the value because I was giving them too much. Mm. So they felt like if I can't take advantage of everything inside this membership, I'm failing at it. Therefore, I'm wasting money and can't afford it. So the mistake I made was, won't this be fun? I'll just give them everything I have. They can pick and choose and everyone will get a taste of what they need and it'll be fantastic. The problem with that was there was no continuity. Mm-hmm. So by that, I mean, it would be February and I would think, huh, What do I want to teach about this month? And I do a training about accountability partnerships, which connected to their career, but it didn't connect to the training the month before. Mm -hmm. It was really a choose your own adventure, which again, people didn't know how to tell what they needed and what they didn't need. All they knew was that they had so much stuff coming at them that they couldn't manage it. So since then, I have learned that the best memberships have the least amount of Content. Hmm. They have like core content. And then what really keeps people successful in the membership and therefore continuing on in the membership is a sense of belonging and this awareness of their own traction. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I also began to really resent having to whip up new training every single month, it was exhausting for me. So I learned a lot from that. I wanted to share that story with you to invite us to really think about what are the core steps that you want to make sure people hit, the milestones they hit in the membership, and then how can we build the membership around that very streamlined content in order to help folks really feel successful and experience togetherness. Mm -hmm. Thank you for
1: sharing that Dallas, because it has made, given me some anxiety to think about. I can definitely see myself over delivering. Yeah, that's my thing. (laughs) Right, <laughs> so totally. like just giving to, my, and I've been on that side. I've been in memberships where I'm like, I am. I don't even know why I'm here. I didn't do anything this month, and so I definitely don't want to create an experience where. They're here because they feel overwhelmed, right? They're coming into the membership right. because they already feel overwhelmed and they're actually looking for some support and guidance to take off some of the load to unload a little bit. And so what I don't want to do is have them come into the membership and feel burdened with even more work that they're not able to do. So that totally resonates so much with me from my personal experience and also the experience that I want to create for the members.
0: Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. All right. So with that commitment in mind, let's back into the structure of your membership. If the membership could only have one promise, one outcome, right? What is the most important outcome you want? And maybe we'll do like an inner outcome, right? An inner transformation and then an external concrete outcome. What is it you most want your members to experience? So I haven't quite
1: nailed down the timeframe of the membership. Right now, I think it's like six months, but I would like... At the end of our, whatever the initial time is, obviously folks can stay in for as long as they want, but whatever that initial time is, I would love for folks to walk away with clarity on how to move forward on moving the needle on their goals, their organizational goals. So for some people it'll be about creating a new program for some people. It'll be about tuning their existing program for some people. It might be their goal might be around authentically engaging community within their program, Mm -hmm. whatever that goal is. I want people to walk away with a clear roadmap that aligns with their values
0: and that they don't feel overwhelmed around. Got it. So you gave three examples of possible goals and I missed the third one. So they could be developing a new program. Mm-hmm. They could be making improvements mm-hmm. on a current program. And what was the third example you gave? They might be wanting to
1: engage community better.
0: Uh, community engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you want them to feel? So they're six months in, they have a roadmap. What is the feeling you want your members to have? I want them
1: to feel empowered and I want them to feel relief. Yeah. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Sort of like just a deep sigh, like, like I can, okay, I'm good. I got this. I can do this. And I'm not going to drive myself into the ground doing it.
0: Yeah. Got it. Okay. So if we built programming around this promise, which is a roadmap, it's like the nonprofit roadmap to accomplish their next big goal. Mm -hmm. And my strong recommendation is that they don't come in and you say, pick a goal, any goal Mm. they come in and you say, which track are you on? Are you developing a new program? Are you improving a current program or are you engaging the community? Less options equals less overwhelm. Yeah. So with that in mind, what are the steps? If we were working together privately, so for our listeners, a really excellent way to think through the design, whether it's of a membership or a course, is to use a private client's journey as the roadmap. So whether it's your own experience in nonprofit or a client that you have worked with, what are the milestones or pillars that I'm going to hit moving toward my goal? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so
1: we would start together making sure that you're really clear on your vision, mission, and values. So those three areas. Got it. Not only that you're clear, but that they're aligned, right? And then we would move into the next milestone is your programming priorities here. You're calling them pillars, but it's similar. Like what are your programming buckets? Got it. And making sure that those are aligned with your value, vision, and mission. And then we move into really formalizing what that looks like in the nonprofit sector There are frameworks, the theory of change and logic models. And so what do those look like for your organization? A lot of folks don't even have them, right? And Mm. so making sure that they are equipped to be able to articulate their theory of change. Okay. Theory of change. Got it. Okay. And then we move into conversations about engaging community and mobilizing resources, that's where fundraising comes into the conversation. Getting resources, including human
0: resources for your programming, funding resources. I'll just summarize. For our listeners, so step one of this process, and it sounds like it's the same, Jolia, whether I'm creating a brand new program, I'm improving an existing program, or I'm prioritizing community engagement. Yep. I've got to first get clear on my vision, mission, and values, Mm -hmm. and really move toward alignment. Yep. Step two is to, to identify priorities of the program or the buckets, and make sure there's alignment there as well. Then I design and communicate my theory of change for this program. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that sets me up to be able to attract funding. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. And then step four is to engage and mobilize. Yep. Is there a fifth step here? There is.
1: And that is planning for sustainability. Ah, that's
0: the burnout piece. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the burnout piece. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the burnout piece. And that's also the long term planning piece. So, what does my yeah. organization look like beyond this moment or even beyond this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Got it. Oh, I'm getting a few really fun ideas. Ooh. All right. So, here's what I'm understanding. Okay. Your membership is going to take Black nonprofit leaders through a five step system. Uh, like the empowered nonprofit system. I'm kind of pulling that out of the sky today, but something like that, Mm -hmm. right? And just for those of you paying attention, I use the word empowered because that was the feeling, Jolia, that you want people to have at the end of this process. Mm -hmm. So we're just calling it what it is. Right, (laughs) right. So the membership will essentially have five pillars that you're going to train on, five modules, five courses, whatever you want to call that. And then you don't add any more stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And now our episode is over. Thank you, Dallas. This is great. <laughs> So I can't remember exactly what Stu McLaren calls this. He calls it like the core content. That's not exactly it, but that's the essence of what he calls this. So it's like, welcome. This is the journey that we are all marching on together. Mm -hmm. You can go as quickly or as slowly as you want, but these are the milestones that you're going to hit. And you can even create quick assessments for them to be able to know assessment, like it's four or five yes or no questions. So if I answer yes to all of those questions, I know my vision, mission, and values, and I know I'm aligned. Mm -hmm. Then I move on to pillar number two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news about this is you don't now have to go disappear behind your laptop learning how to design videos in Canva for the next eight and a half years making all of these training videos before you can open enrollment for your membership. Oh, okay. You can actually, when you launch this, and I'm going to use January. We're recording this, everybody, on December 29th. Julia, you're not launching this in January, but I'm just going to use January because it's the beginning of a year and it's going to be easy as an example. Mm -hmm. You could enroll the first cohort of your membership to start in January, and all you need prepared for them is module one, vision, mission, and values. So the commitment to them is every six weeks, you're going to drop the next pillar for them. And then I would really strive to design all of this training to where they can, if they work, 90 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. They can complete module one in six weeks and complete module two in six weeks. So you're really just eliminating the guesswork. It could even be as part of the welcome module. Their first step is to set aside 90 minutes on their calendar or they log in and work through this. And it's just designed to be as simple as possible so that they can actually get traction around this. And they know this is going to also help them overcome an objection to joining, which is, this is going to be too much work. Mm -hmm. It's like, actually, no, it's 90 minutes. If you want to be on the accelerated plan, It's two and a half hours, but at 90 minutes, here's what it looks like. I'm kind of making that up a little bit here, but as you're designing the training, I want you to think of it in that way so that people can pop in and pop out and experience themselves moving forward. What questions or feedback do you have about that?
1: Yeah, this all sounds good. I want to make sure that I'm tracking. So going with the example that you're offering, the put aside 90 minutes, are you saying 90 minutes a week? For each module, or are you saying in 90 minutes, they should be able to complete each module?
0: No. Okay. No. I don't know how great your training is, but that's kind of, you're you're a miracle worker, if that's possible. (laughs) But basically, so let me see if I can explain this in a way that you don't need a visual because I know this is a podcast, right? So as you're designing the training, you're designing it through the lens of what's the thing I want them to accomplish this week in 90 minutes around vision, mission, and values? And then, okay, great. What's the next 90-minute step? Gotcha. And then what's the next 90-minute step? And once it's all outlined, then you know how sometimes those, like, blog articles will tell you how long it's going to take to read the Mm -hmm. article or even, like, a recipe, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to take you 45 minutes, and then I know it's going to take me twice that long. Right. (laughs) but so now the promise is like you're going to move forward and this is designed for you to at the end, I'm making this up, but at the end of four weeks or 12, who knows, you'll Mm -hmm. know once you start designing the content, you will have your vision, mission, and values in place when you can set aside 90 minutes.
1: Gotcha. Okay. The other piece is I have been wondering about the length of the program. And so in keeping with this theme of not wanting to overwhelm folks, do you have any recommendations around what is like, what does feel right for folks or around time? Like Mm -hmm. you mentioned six weeks and I can see where there may be parts of this membership, for example, the theory of change, right? In my mind, the theory of change module is going to be longer and will require more time than clarifying mission, vision and values. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how much time is enough time for Mm -hmm. people to get the work done without feeling like they're not keeping pace or before they start feeling like, you know, that those feelings you were talking about at the beginning. I'm not getting anything done. And yeah, yeah.
0: (sighs) So tell me more about why you feel it's important to have like an end date for the program. Typically, memberships are just designed for people to stay in perpetuity. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I kind of feel that way because in my mind, when we talk about what is the promise, I think about if the outcome is a roadmap, at some point you've got to finish it.
0: Yes. Oh, got it. So for you... The thinking is if you don't put an end date on it, the end date is the thing that helps people continue to move forward. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So my perspective around that is truly if this is a membership, you cannot guarantee how long it's going to take someone to take to do this. To do anything, right? (laughs) If I'm starting a nonprofit and it's just me and my laptop and this big idea, I don't have a lot of support. I have a full-time job, let's say. I'm going to take much longer than an established nonprofit that has a team. So I feel like you can create that finish line and you can create a healthy sense of urgency without a made-up guarantee about how long it takes. Yeah, that makes total sense.
1: There is a point where everything is going to stop in terms of the content. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then content will end. And from that point forward, so say just using, for example, I drop new content once a month that's aligned to one of the five steps. Right. Mm -hmm. So in five months, that's all the content. Yeah. Obviously, there will be other support coaching calls, Q&A, a a co-working session or something, you know, built in. So those just continue Mm -hmm. as folks are working through the content. Some will be finished at five months. Some will maybe be on the second video by five months. And so, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess I just have to talk it out a little bit. (laughs) No, that's great. And I think... People don't stay in a membership because of fresh content. It's like, oh, I love this membership. They make me work really hard. (laughs) Who's doing that, (laughs) right? So we see this with the Hive. And just for the record, everybody, the Hive is not a membership. It's a year-long group coaching program. But in a lot of ways, it looks and sounds like a membership, Mm -hmm. right? We've Mm -hmm. got our core content, and it's not a membership. But at the end of your first year in the hive, you have the option to just stay. And whatever your monthly tuition was, you just continue paying your monthly tuition. And it's like it shifts to a month to month subscription for folks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We find that people stay for one of three reasons. Number one, they didn't move as quickly as they thought, and they just want more time. <laughs> Number two, they totally nailed it. And what they learned really works. And they see the value of having their hands on that training and in the community. So why on earth would they leave? Mm -hmm. Number three, they stay more, less for the content and more for the coaching opportunities with me. Mm. It's like the content's great. I've moved through it. I'm good. And I want to be here so that I can continue to learn and get coaching when I need it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this idea that it's a faulty assumption to think that people stay in your membership because they, you're giving them more things to do. Mm-hmm. They stay in the membership because of who they become inside of that container. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. That's really good. And thank you for
1: reminding me of that. Like, it's about the journey and the becoming. I like that.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom-built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. All right, so one arm of this membership sounds like it's four core pillars. Let's call it priorities because that's the language in the nonprofit world, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to move through, excuse me, five priorities, Mm -hmm. vision, mission, and values, priorities, theory of change, engaging and mobilizing, and then a framework for sustainability. Yes. I want to just underscore again, we can now design, maybe not today, but I want you to think about this and then you can bring it to a coaching call. What is your production schedule <laughs> to d- deliver these in what kind of timing, right? Because it doesn't have to be once a month, especially if you know that designing priorities is going to take them eight weeks to get through. That gives you eight weeks to create the next training module. So what feels like the next step for you around designing the training inside of each one of these modules.
1: Yep. It feels like I need to outline. I need to to do sub headings under each of the mm-hmm. core, the five core to see how many videos will make up each module.
0: So yeah. I need to actually write out that outline. Got it. Good. And then I added another step. Once that's done, I think the next step is to Create your production schedule. Yeah. So it doesn't feel nebulous anymore. Like you're building out deadlines for yourself and perhaps a schedule around when you're working on it. Because the idea is that when this
1: launches, not when I open enrollment, but when it launches,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: module one will already be in there and ready to go.
0: Yeah. Okay. And for you you may be more comfortable having module one in there and ready to go and module two, like almost finished. Mm -hmm. I was actually thinking finished (laughs) or or finished. Yeah. 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 So just understanding your bandwidth, the steep learning curve you're on, because you haven't created a membership before. So giving yourself a lot of grace there, I think will be really helpful. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How to design a membership without burning yourself. Out. <laughs> Hi, I am my dream client. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense because I'm also thinking about in addition to production and preparing content, I also have to be promoting mm-hmm. the membership, right? And I'm looking at the 90 day launch schedule, as the framework for that. So like, I'm
0: also having to build content for that. So yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm just brainstorming here, but maybe what it looks like is you outline the content, you create a loose production schedule because you won't know how accurate that is until you build out the first module. Then you'll have a real sense for how long it takes you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You create module one, maybe you create module two then you move into the 90-day pre-launch so that you're not creating modules and your marketing materials. Yep. That for makes- someone who has no other responsibilities, we could pile it on there for sure. But you have a lot of other responsibilities as you're building this membership out. So I would just want to set you up to really feel successful and also set your launch up to be successful. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So for those of you listening, I'm just tracking here, Julia's action plan. So how to design your membership. Step one, identify the promise of the membership. What do you want people to accomplish? How do you want them to feel? Number two, In order for them to accomplish that thing and feel that way, what milestones must they reach on that journey? Those milestones become the content pillars or the modules, whatever language you want to use there. That's the content inside of your program. No more crap is being thrown in because we're excited and we like Canva. (laughs) I do love Canva. (laughs) I do love Canva. Shout out to Canva, Canva. our sponsor of today's episode. (laughs) Once the content is outlined, create a loose production schedule, understanding that the less experience you have creating courses, the more time it's going to take you. So you may not really, you're likely to underestimate how long it takes the first couple of times right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you have the production schedule, thinking about your own bandwidth. How much of this content do you want to have made ahead of time before you launch? And then you focus on getting that content made. When that content is made, you can shift into your 90-day pre-launch. And then the idea is you're not making any more content. You're focusing on your marketing content And then once people are in the membership, you go back into designing the remaining content. Yep. That sounds awesome. And kind of like a beast. It
1: sounds like a lot, but it also sounds manageable when you break it down like that in terms of like, okay, finish enough content that you can feel good about stepping away yeah before your launch then focus on the launch i think the part where i get really overwhelmed is when i'm trying to do all the when i got the launch schedule here i've got the course production schedule here i've got the content drop schedule here and it's all like <laughs> this is good for me too because it'll also be helping me to model for the members what does building a manageable roadmap look like yes and so maybe you aren't working on a plan to engage your community meaningfully while you're also building your theory of action or something like that you know but like helping them to think through what is the first step where you feel comfortable and it feels aligned and manageable for you you know like helping them to think through these pieces so this is really good
0: and also helping them really embrace this idea that slow is actually fast. Mm-hmm. Slow is way faster than whatever they've been doing up until now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And not Step- oh, slow, strategic. I know it's true. Uh, strategic. Yeah. Right. Like. Or intentional.
1: Intentional.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Intentional and empowered nonprofit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Like where you're going. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Okay, so step seven here is to answer this question. What, if any, additional support do your members need in order to be successful in the program and feel, again, the way you want them to feel, which is empowered? Mm-hmm. So they've got the courses, if you will, what mm-hmm. additional elements of the membership need to be in place in order for them to be successful?
1: Yeah, I was thinking that definitely there needs to be an opportunity for them to ask questions, for them to ask questions and get some real time hot seat coaching with me Mm -hmm. they work through whichever module they're on and these are the questions or a question that came up for them and they need time with me to help think through that so some sort of live q a call or something like that i've wondered i've gone back and forth in the last year i've been participating in co-working sessions the virtual co-working Mm -hmm. sessions and have gotten extreme value from them I've gone back and forth about whether or not I should include some sort of co-working session monthly in the membership because I don't want it to just be an like you said just another something. Yeah, maybe it's something I'll test. So I'll offer yeah. it in the beginning and see. But I, yeah. I think I do want to offer folks a space to come together, right, in thinking about belonging and building community. That's just another opportunity to do that bringing folks together so that they can work through together whatever it is that they have on their plate at that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to give you some talk about my experience because we have co-working sessions inside the Hive. Mm-hmm. Um, the co-working sessions are our lowest attended calls. That is not the metric we use to measure whether or not co-working sessions are successful. Because the people who use the co-working sessions, they treat it like church, <laughs> right? Like there's one member, and you know who you are as soon as you hear me say this. So like I'm shouting you out here, but I'm not going to call you out, who <laughs> never misses. We have five, four cowork, five co-working sessions a month. This person is at every single one of them and loves them, gets so much value and feels this deep sense of community. Mm
1: -hmm. We have
0: other members who would never even think about attending a co-working session because in their mind, like if I'm on Zoom working quietly, can't I just work quietly not on Zoom? Why do I even need that? Right, right. So for us, we think about the different types of folks we have inside of our program. And for those of you listening, I don't care if you have a mastermind, a membership, a course, call it whatever you want. I'm going to use Jerisha Hawks language here. She was on the show earlier this year and she said something that just keeps ringing in my mind, which is in the online space, we spend so much time overcoming objections to buying, right? But no time overcoming objections to implementing once someone has purchased your program. She's Mm -hmm. so right. (laughs) So we think about the different types of, learning styles of our members, participation styles of our members, needs, limitations, all of those things. We are maybe even too intentional. It's a lot of work, but I think it's really important. We intentionally have components of our program designed for certain individuals. Yeah. Right, or groups of individuals. So your co-working sessions, they may have low attendance, but the people who are there really need that container in order to be successful and feel empowered. Yeah, it definitely is important for me to be inclusive
1: too. So
0: yeah, yeah, right. And then the other piece that I learned through co-working sessions was they are not helpful if I am there. I have no self-control actually, and just like start (laughs) asking people if they want coaching, which is not the point of the co-working session. We don't have other people host those co-working sessions just so I can have free time. Like, yeah, that's part of it, of course. But I ruin them if I'm in attendance. Uh Uh (laughs) They become something else. So Mm. just be aware if you're going to be the host of the co-working sessions, be aware of what your own limitations or tendencies might be and what do you need to have in place in order to protect the integrity and the intention of those sessions. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's good too. And then the other pieces that I'm thinking about in terms of support that are coming up are actual materials. Yeah, tell me more. Templates, worksheets, tangible resources.
0: Some Mm -hmm. stuff I
1: have from coaching and then some stuff I would need to create. So I would need to make sure I
0: build that into the production schedule. Good catch. Mm -hmm. Good catch. And I just want to invite you to give yourself permission to not make worksheets unless the worksheet amplifies the learning for your members. I've made whole programs before where, well, if there's a video, there has to be a worksheet. Isn't it more valuable if there's always a worksheet? And that's just noise. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning that like worksheets matter and are incredible resources when they're needed. And when they're not, they're just extra.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so part of my next Mm -hmm. steps then will be also to just be thinking about (laughs) which templates or worksheets are actually necessary.
0: Yeah. Great. And in my experience, as I design course content, it becomes really obvious to me where a template or a worksheet is necessary and where it isn't. Okay. So hopefully you'll have the same experience. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I'm seeing here, uh, the picture of this membership is five core training pillars, which we talked about. Additional support being coaching calls with you. Do you have an idea about how many calls you want to host monthly? I was thinking no more than two um, Mm -hmm.
1: and offering them at different times to make it more accessible for folks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like maybe yeah. a, a morning Tuesday and an evening Thursday or something like that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. That's what I wrote down too. was two calls a month. As the membership grows, you may find that you that it's necessary to add more calls. Mm-hmm. Um. But for starters, two calls a month is plenty. Yeah. And then how many co-working sessions? One. Great.
1: Mm hmm. Just like similar to the Hive, just
0: yeah, it's on
1: the fourth Wednesday of the month. That's when it is. So everybody knows. Yeah. 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 Great. I think we just designed your membership. Wow. Can I just also put out there a big question for me is about capacity. And so I have a goal number in my head in terms of revenue. Okay. And I wonder... I guess this would be like a good problem to have is to figure out how many is too many, like how many in this container. And it starts to kind of fall apart, you Mm -hmm. know, like in terms of being intentional around building community and folks having opportunity to actually get coaching from me, like how big is too big. And so in my mind, like the sweet spot is maybe 75. The cap is somewhere between like 75 and 100. hundred. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in, around thinking about this?
0: Yeah, it depends on your goals and priorities. Okay. So for some people, more is merrier, right? And like the more members, the more money. And I feel great about that. That's not my model. And I'm not saying that mine is better or worse, but I'm a nerd for coaching, I don't want to have a membership where I don't remember who you are if you're in my program, Yeah, right? It's really important to me. Mm -hmm. And savvy business coaches might say that what I need to do is really think about scalability and bringing on other coaches. That's not the business I want to have, Mm -hmm. actually. I want to enjoy every moment of it and I want to experience togetherness. So we do cap enrollment every year in The Hive because we know from experience that we can provide the gold standard of service to 75 new members a year. But here's what we notice. After you hit about the 200 day mark inside the hive, the level of care you need dramatically decreases mm-hmm. and members become pretty self-sustainable and they almost turn into mentors of newer members. So there's this big benefit for everyone involved. You're kind of experiencing that a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's worked for me is we limit the number of folks we enroll in any given month and in any given year. But we can have as many like lifers, if you will, because the care is very different. Right. Now, another thing to look at is, I guess my advice for you around this would be set the goal to get yourself to too many members. <laughs> right. And then figure out How to serve that number of members. And it might be you're adding more calls and then you're increasing the price in order to support that. Like there's a lot of adjustments that you can make, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to know what the perfect number is until you pass it by a little bit. And I would encourage you to aim to pass it. Gotcha. That kind of answers
1: what was going to be my next question, which is how did you figure out that 75 new enrollments was your? number? Like what went into figuring that out?
0: Yeah. Well, I've been doing this for a really long long time. time. So my experience is the main resource that we use, but an easy way to tell is how many applications are we getting for the coaching calls? How often do we actually have to tell someone they're not going to be able to be coached? It happens, but it probably happens once every eight calls. Okay. And usually when we tell someone like you haven't been selected it's because they already got coached in the last one or two calls and have not implemented on that quite yet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that for me was the metric, which is why Julia we added a fourth call this year. Oh, okay. Right. Gotcha. So, mm-hmm. so because I just wanted to make sure that everyone could get coaching. Mm-hmm. So for me it made sense to add a fourth call and aim for the revenue goals, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of like cutting it off, like two hours of doing something I love is totally (laughs) worthwhile for me.
1: Right, totally worth those additional members, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, this feels good. (laughs) I know, it's exciting. So I have, and it's actually a six-step plan. I think I said seven earlier, but I've got six steps outlined, which I'll share with you When we wrap up here but i want to just ask you what's next right we've talked this all through what is the very next step you're going to take to bring your membership to fruition
1: i feel like the very next step needs to be me looking at the calendar 2023 and picking a time frame for when this thing is going to actually launch I know it may change, it may shift based on my outline, Mm -hmm. based on my production schedule, but I need to set a target in my mind so that it's not so like, oh, it'll just start when I get around to it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Especially with big layered projects like this. Mm -hmm. If you don't set that target date, a year will pass easily. Easily. Without even getting started. Ask 2022. (laughs) It has feedback for you. <laughs> I Great. feel like
1: that's like the the right next step. And then once I do that, I'm going to sit and actually outline each of these modules. Great. Yeah. So Great. I can calendar so, out that.
0: Yeah. So that is our seventh step here. I wrote down, set a launch date to make it real. Yeah. Great. hmm Thank you for coming on the show. This was so helpful. Very I know for our listeners to walk through this. So thank you for accepting my invitation to come on the show. And this membership is so needed. So I am going to be on you a little bit here to really support you in bringing it to life. No, I appreciate all the accountability
1: I can get. And just, you know, I'm so grateful for your experience and insight and the push. So I yeah. appreciate All of it. It's gonna happen. It's happening in 2023. Like there's no other alternative. So,
0: well, we just recorded a podcast about it. (laughs) On the hook. How's how's that for (laughs) accountability? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just share it with the world. That'll do it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. (laughs) And you are officially the last guest this show has ever had because no one will ever come on again. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I have. You want to be held accountable? I got something for you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you again, Julia, for coming on the show. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow along this week on Instagram because I'm going to roll out training inspired by this conversation to really break those steps down for everybody. And the same steps apply no matter what you're creating, a course, a membership, a mastermind. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review, do all of the things to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. And every week I turn our episode into a week long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So